And you know what they say, when a warrior faces a lion, a warrior wins. Looks like the Warriors have the football! An unbelievable start! Handoff is to Pellerin, bowls his way in to the goal line, play action, complete to Lamb! Now Tyrell Ford's got some room, watch out for Tyrell Ford! Touchdown, Warriors! Get used to it. Welcome to episode four of Waterloo Warriors Armchair Quarterback Podcast. This week, we got the three and one Warriors coming off a huge victory of the 34-24 at Carleton. Uh, we have our traditional players only section. We're going to meet some new coaches and we got a pretty cool uh, Glory Days guest this week. So I'm your host, Lukey Boy Balch, and let's get into it. I mean, listen, we're talking about practice, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. All right, we're here with the players only section. With the offensive and defensive and special teams players of the week, I'll let them introduce themselves. I'm Jake Boothroom, third year receiver from London, and I'm in third year, Greg. Uh, my name is Gordon Lamb. I'm in SDS, third year, play receiver from Kitchener Waterloo. I'm Michael Reed, fourth year linebacker in Wreck and Sports Business from Sioux City, Ontario. All right, boys, we're coming off a huge 34 24 win at Carleton. This game had a lot of momentum changes. Carlton jumped out to a 10-point lead. Waterloo then rattled off 28 straight points in the second and third quarter. Carlton pulls within seven late before a Waterloo field goal to seal it. Can you talk to us about uh, the demeanor on the sidelines and how everyone was able to stay focused throughout the games and all the ups and downs that we were going through? We'll start with uh, Jacob Bukaboom. Uh, I mean, I think everyone had a pretty level head. Uh, try, not to, try not to get ahead of ourselves or anything and uh, just take a play by play. Uh, Gordon? Uh, I think there was one moment in particular late in the game when I think we were only up by seven. I think we gave the ball away on offense and they went down and scored. And uh, Reed was frustrated with the defense, but I told them not to worry that the offense will make a play. I don't know who's going to be the one to make a play, but the offense will get your back. Yeah, hey, Rito? I think we're making a play too, but uh, yeah, that was a huge play um, for sure. I think uh, Gordon's play basically, in my opinion, like almost sealed the game. Yeah, that. Uh, a huge catch on that post yard, I think it was. That was basically it at that point. I mean, like we talked about, um, I, f- I felt like the second, third quarter, like our defense really like came in our own. We were feeling like super confident on the sidelines. Like me, Kurt, uh, Josh Brown, a lot of the other, Lyle Fresher, two of the leaders of our defense, we were getting fired up. Felt really calm, relaxed. Uh, everyone was doing their job. I know third quarter, we really felt like in control. We really felt like they started losing momentum. We started, we were still playing at a super high level. Uh, we were all flying around making plays, and then, like I said, fourth quarter, they had a couple nice plays, too. They scored a 14 on us in the fourth quarter, and then, like I said, Gordon's play basically sealed, in my opinion. Uh, they thought they were rallying, they are coming back, and he basically took the life away from them on that last play. That's up the game-winning field goal for us. Awesome, guys. I think uh, throughout the game, you could tell um, just by watching it that, you know, the sideline was never up and never down. You guys stayed even-keeled the whole time, and I think that's uh, attributed to all the leaders on the team. All right, moving on. Uh, to Jacob Bookaboom. First of all, do you prefer Book or Boom as a nickname? <laughs> Doesn't really matter all that much, but you know, whatever you guys want to say. Oh, let's go with Book. <laughs> all right, Book. So, repping special teams player of the week, uh, you know, Coach Conway recommended you uh, for some great long snapping, uh, blocking. Uh, you had one tackle, so you're flying around out there. Long snapping is traditionally a, a, a role for maybe a fullback or a linebacker, someone with a bigger body. As a slot receiver on the team, how did you end up being a long snapper? Um, and talk to us about that. Uh, I mean, I just kind of came in first year. 
And uh, Corelli was our long snapper at that point, and he had like a hurt elbow or wrist or something like that. He didn't really want to do it anymore. <laughs> so I did it in high school a little bit, and I just told Coach Conway I can uh, give it a try and see if I can do it. And then I ended up just going from there. The rest is history. Yeah, the rest is history. I guess Cody was doing it last year too. Yeah. Do you uh, do you have a preference between uh, the, you know the punt snaps versus the the field goal snaps? I definitely like doing the punt snaps more. Yeah, you go go for the big distance. Yeah, I go for the big distance. Perfect. All right, we'll keep up the great work. Uh, on to Michael Reed. Thirteen solo tackles in one sack. Pretty amazing stat line. Uh, OUA recognized you as the defensive player of the week this week, so congratulations. Um, also, back to back podcast uh, guest. Yeah. So that's a, that's a huge honor yeah. in itself. Dion went back to back first though, so I gotta give him credit. <laughs> so, so last week, Michael, you talked to us about slowing down Nathan Carter in, in Carlton's run game. Uh, Carter went for just over 100 yards, but it really did feel like you slowed him down in the second half, uh, and you made Carlton turn into uh, more pass happy. And talk to us about that and some of the preparation that went into stopping him. Yeah, uh, I feel like a lot of his yards came on like a couple plays. Like I think he had two relatively big runs on us but other than that like he was mostly only gaining like two maybe three yards carry um that's just a testament to our front seven it was a lot more stout with uh our gaps against inside outside zone this week uh we moved curtis in a linebacker and that helped us a lot protecting our edge he was making plays out there too and he really helped uh keep uh, forcing those cutbacks on that outside zone that made our inside guys jobs a lot easier our D-line, too, uh, we watched some film. D-line had a, had a great game, too. That was probably the best game they've played all year. We had guys shutting blocks. We had guys getting the backfield, uh, forcing Carter to cut back, holding their gaps, and uh, making tackles in the backfield, too. So all in all for the front seven, was just uh, it was a good game all around uh, to contain the run. Because, like I said, we limited those uh, explosive runs he had. He had two of those. We had a couple missed tackles on them. But other than that, for the most part, like I said, it was – um, they ran the ball in the first down, we shut it down, and then eventually as the game went on, we gained more of a lead that forced them to go their pass game, which I think in the end really helped us out. So, Michael, you now lead the OUA with uh, close to nine tackles a game. Seeing as this is your, your fourth year, do you feel like the game has slowed down for you? Uh, you kind of settled into that will linebacker position. You know, we have moved from 4-3 to 3-4 throughout your time here. But talk to us how you, about how you're seeing the game now, um, a few games into the season. Yeah, it, uh, it definitely slows down a bit more every single year, like, as you go on. Just the more experience you get, the more confident you become. You get exposed to different situations. And, like, once you gain those experience and those, like, unique situations, those pressure situations, it just uh, helps out with your vision and, uh, like I said, the speed of the game. Um, it's really, though, like, you, you can't take too much credit for it yourself. Uh, defense is a pretty uh, selfless uh, side of the ball. I mean, uh, it's all about making the plays that come to you. So um, in previous years, I didn't have as many tackles, but that's just because uh, other guys are making the plays. This year, the plays have to be coming to me, and I'm just the guy who has to make them and do the job. So uh, just a testament, I, I think, as a whole, like, to our defense. Um, our D-line's doing a fucking great job. At, oh. Whoa, 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 Michael <laughs> Reed. We have to cut that, probably. <laughs> we have to cut that. Defense is doing a great job at, uh, at plugging their gaps. And um, really, like, a lot of the credit has to go to them. Uh, credit goes to them. Credit goes to the other linebacker core. I mean, like, guys like Devin Hinsberger, Jake Sertikowski, who've been playing, have been doing a great job at plugging gaps and there's against runs and being stout and holding those gaps. And I've been running, running a lot of fronts where I just happen to be the free guy, so I'm the guy that gets to make that play. 
Awesome. Thanks, Michael. All right, moving on to Gordon. Seven grabs, 158 yards, and three touchdowns. First of all, congratulations on an amazing game. Appreciate um, it. From, from my opinion, watching the game, you, you had awesome plays throughout, but Michael Reed also already touched on this earlier. Uh, 42-yard grab on second and 12 with two minutes left with Waterloo up seven. Carlton just scored. They're trying to keep the momentum. Uh, Trey rolls right, pulls up, throws backside post. You make an amazing catch. Can you talk us through that play? Is that something that you and Trey talked about on the sidelines? Did you just tell him in the huddle, hey, throw me the ball, bro? Or, uh, you know, what happened on that play um, specifically? Uh, well, before I get into the play, I just want to give a quick shout out to Trey Ford because without him, like, the great game wouldn't have been possible. But it happened, I think the play was, was double sideline. And uh, when we broke the when we broke the huddle, actually, it happened on the field. When we broke the huddle, I asked Trey, like, which route do you want me to run? You want me to run a drag across the field? You want me to run a post over top? And then he looked at me. He looked at the defense. He said, run the post, run the post. And when we got to the line, Trey screaming at me, Gordon, run the post, run the post, run the post, run the post. <laughs> I, think, I, think maybe, cause I think maybe he thought I was going to dog my route because he was rolling to the other side. So he was just letting me know that the ball was coming to me. And I think what also helped is Tyler Tanowski being on the other side because that's somebody you have to respect. So the safety kind of came down on, on his sideline route, and then it just opened me up over top and the backside. Yeah, that's pretty amazing that you two can come together and make that adjustment on the field. Uh, so, Gordon, you, you currently lead all of U Sports, so all of Canada, with 31 catches so far. Uh, you're second uh, in the nation with 115 yards per game. Coming off an all-Canadian season last year, you started this year off right where you left off. Can you just talk to listeners quickly about the year so far and, and how your play is? I think, I think this year for me, I came into the year just wanting to play my role. And I think, and I think the way this season played out, I have to give a lot of credit to Tyler Chanowski for the season that I'm having. Because if, if you have the best receiver in our nation, on your team on the other side, that's somebody that the coaches have to respect. So that's somebody the coaches have to game plan for and maybe over over scheme. So that leaves me as the second option to step up and fill the void when he's getting double teamed by the half and the safety. So my role coming in was just my role coming in this year was just okay, you're you're gonna be the secondary option and you need to be fundamentally sound in what you do. When Trey comes back to his check down off his primary, you need to be alert. But the way it's been playing out this year is that a lot of teams have been doubling Tyler, and it's just been opening me up, and I've been ready for the ready for the plate. Yeah, I think Ontario uh, coaches are going to realize they, they can't single cover you know Gordon all game as well. So keep up the great work, man. So last question uh, for all three of you is is about York. Last year we went down to North Toronto, we lost the tight one 34-32. In a game, I believe most of us, or not all of us, you know, thought we were going to win and expected to win. Do you feel that last year's loss provides extra motivation going into this week of preparation uh, for York coming to town? Let's start with you, Michael. Oh uh, yeah, that was a huge teaching moment for us. Um, it was our, I guess, our second year, like being a relatively successful program, and uh, I think we looked at them on paper and thought we were better than them. So we uh, kind of our we lackadaisical in our preparation. We show up on game day and they were. Uh, more intense than us, they were more ready than we were, and they they beat us. I mean, football is a game where you can't take any team lightly. You have to go out there and perform every single game. 
and uh, uh, credit to them last year. They were they were ready. They had a good game plan in, and uh, they just outplayed us on that day. So uh, even looking at paper right now, on paper we might match up better than them, but uh, it doesn't mean you can take them lightly. We can't take any team in this league lightly. We're not going to take them lightly. Uh, I feel like this week is all about maintaining our focus, uh, maintaining high levels of energy throughout practice, and bringing it all on game day. Because like I said, as we've already learned as well, um, any, you, we're beatable, any team's beatable if you don't bring it. So, uh, Move on to, to Book. What do you want to see um, you know, from a special team standpoint maybe you know, going into this game? You know, I think we've got to really uh, bring it this year. They're a pretty athletic team on specials. So, uh, you know, we're really going to have to seal our blocks, make sure we get some good returns and cover the ball well when we punt it or kick off and stuff and make sure that, you know, they're not getting any big returns on us and we're getting big plays and they are. And Gordon, from an offense's perspective going into the week, what are, as a leader on the offense, uh, what are you going to be telling the guys in, in the locker room throughout the week? I'm going to be telling them that we can't take this team lightly because they we did go to their home field on their homecoming and and they gave it to they gave it to us even though it was a close game I felt like offensively we could have performed better but this but this week throughout the week the mentality is going to be finishing and they're going to bring a lot of uh, eight man seven man pressure so we need to be in and out of our breaks quick trainees to get the ball out of his hands quick all I need to hold those blocks so I think it's just finishing every play because they're going to be bringing a lot of pressure and we need to be ready for it. And I think this is going to be a big game for for us just because of the way it played out last year. And after the loss, I know Coach, Coach Burt <coughs> Coach mentioned that he, he hated the feeling of uh, of York celebrating celebrating their change room playing Mo Mamba and it went viral on Instagram. And that was a shitty feel. That was a really bad feeling that we had deep down. So we want to we wanna flip that in and be the one celebrating after the game. Play some tunes in our locker room afterwards. 100%, 100%. All right, guys, thank you for coming on this week's podcast. Uh, good luck this week, and appreciate your time. Thank you. Appreciate you. I don't know what to say, really. Three minutes till the biggest battle of our professional lives. All right, we're now moving on to the Coach's Corner section. Uh, well, here with us is Matt Frazier, the O-line coach, and Anthony Allwood, our special teams assistant and defensive quality control. So first to you, Matt, can you give us a little background on... Uh, when you played here, you're an alumni of the program, and when you got into coaching. Yeah, 2001 was my first year. Um, and I took the uh, long, long route to get my undergrad, and I didn't graduate until about 2007, so I spent a good amount of time on campus here. Um, after that, I went to teacher's college and did some local coaching at the high school level, and then I was lucky enough, uh, six years ago, Coach Bingman was at the head of the program, and he gave me a call and asked me to come up for spring camp. And, convinced me to stick on for the fall. Uh, and I was lucky enough the following year, Coach Bertoli invited me back. And, uh, so I'm going into my sixth year right now with the program. Nice, on, on to you, Anthony. Can you give us uh, a sense of your background? I know you. this is your first year coaching uh, with Waterloo. Where did you come from? What's some of your, your history in football? Sure. Um, so I was like, I, as I tell uh, the, the young man, I said I was a woulda, coulda, shoulda, didn't. Um, as a player, um, got off into the, uh, decided to pursue my education for, for career reasons. Came back to the sport later uh, with one of my sons and have been involved in coaching now for almost 14 years. Um, started off obviously through youth programs, got involved in the, in the high school uh, and at the provincial level. And then I've spent the last four years prior to this second master uh, as a special teams assistant there. Um, and now have the opportunity to, to join the Warriors this past year. That's great, Anthony. We're happy to have you on. All right, moving to football. Uh, Matt, so 
the O-line admittedly didn't have their best game against Guelph. Yep. This week, we ended up giving up only one sack. We had 500 yards total offense versus Carlton, who themselves has a great front seven. How do you feel your unit played uh, this week after breaking down some of the film? Yeah, you mentioned it. Um, against Guelph, we definitely didn't play our best. The big issue, I mean, Guelph, great front seven, very athletic. Carlton has the exact same thing. Um, we had big issues against Guelph protecting the passer. So that was the key thing moving into this game. Um, Carlton's always had athletes in the front seven, so we knew we'd be much better there and give Trey some uh, some more time to do his thing, and we were able to do that. Uh, we didn't run the ball as well as I would have liked, um, but I mean, I'm kind of picky in that regard, so I don't know if we'll ever satisfy that. But uh, yeah, much improved, and um, you know, it, it doesn't stop Yorksburg defense too. The team we face the week after that, full of athletes as well. Um, just got to keep improving in that area. So speaking of Trey, Maddie, what's the biggest difference when coaching an O-line with maybe a more traditional pocket passer yeah. versus someone like Trey Ford, who's you know what you could call a freak athlete. Yeah, and and it's um, I, I saw it as an opportunity kind of thing. Well, how can we let this guy use his skill set by you know changing what we do up front a little bit? So I kind of explain it as everybody thinks of pass protecting as creating pocket, where I like to teach it more as creating a dish. So it's more of a wide kind of pocket, if you will. And uh, the whole theory behind it, I borrowed it from, uh, they used to do it with the Indianapolis Colts when uh, Peyton Manning, I know Peyton Manning's not a very scramble type quarterback, but uh, Howard Mudd used to teach it that way, creating this dish, uh, jumping the defensive players and starting the fight early, so to speak. Um, the theory is that it, what it does is it creates throwing lanes for Trey, but it also creates escape lanes for him. So if we can stop the defensive interior from getting a push on the pocket, we can stop the defensive ends from collapsing the pocket. Um, we can give Trey, if anybody's not getting open, we give him escape lanes to uh, run for 70 yards, which he's done a few times. Yeah. Seems to be working well this year. Yeah. Uh, over to you, Anthony. Can you talk about, from a special team standpoint, which unit uh, have you been most impressed with thus far throughout the season? Um, probably overall, I'd say our punt unit. I know that was an area that we wanted to work on from last year a lot. We worked a lot on uh, on protections in camp, um, whether it was in the spring or in the summer part of camp. And coming into the players of, uh, I think, grasp a lot of Coach Conway's uh, new concepts. And, and uh, you know, we're spending a lot of time focusing on the details of that, understanding that if we can't get the ball away and flip the field when the offense win or if the offense is struggling, that, that we're going to struggle as a defense as well. So. I think having those protections in place and, and, and getting down the field and having a, you know, Jonah now as a kicker who can get the ball down the field has been a huge add, uh, a huge add to the team. Yeah, hopefully the punt team's the most prepared and, and least used. <laughs> yes, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so, so Anthony, can you give us some hindsight? Your, your first year joining the staff, um, maybe give some listeners a, a, maybe an insight on what it's like being a part of the Waterloo Warrior football program from an outsider perspective, but now on the inside. Is there anything that maybe has surprised you from a, a staff point of view or maybe from the from the players? Um, I think it's a great sense of family here, which has been which has been really welcoming. I mean, from the first day I stepped on campus back in, I think it was March, um, a lot of players would walk up and introduce themselves to me. Um, another big stunning thing is coming on to find out I'm one of the oldest members of the staff now, where I came from being about in the middle of the group, so I think I was brought in to bring, bring the average age up a little bit. Um, but I just think that the general welcoming nature, I mean, it sounds kind of cliche, but it really has been from the coaches uh, to the players. 
uh, has been kind of a made it made the transition an easy one for me, for sure. Oh, that's great. All right, back to you, Maddie. Got a scenario for you. Okay. <laughs> it's second and four at midfield. Pulverizer. That was easy. You call him pulverizer. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, sir. Right. Hey, the, the question is, what play are you going to call? You got to get a first down. Yeah. And Bert says, your job's on the line, Maddie. Second if, and four for midfield, right? If you're calling pulverizer, explain to our listeners what that might mean. Well, you know, I, I think a lot more goes into it, like where we are in terms of the game, how many we up by. You know, it's the start of the we, game. There's very little. Start of the game. What have we been doing well? What we, what do we expect to do well against this team? It's uh, it changes week to week. But yeah, our, uh, our we, we kind of have this saying. It's called uh, a FIRP, and it's an acronym. So it's F I R P. I'm not going to tell you what the F stands for, but the rest is it run pulverizer. Okay, so pulverizer okay. is essentially it's part of our gap scheme plays. Um, and we're bringing three pullers to the party. So our front side three, our center, front side guard, front side tackle, they crush down the uh, back block on their backside gap, and then we pull the backside guard, the backside tackle, all the way around the horn, and we're also leading up with the fullback as well. So there's a lot of beef going to the point of attack. Um, you know, I like it because it's uh, it's an attitude play. You know, it gets downhill, we're bringing a lot of guys to the party, and. Uh, you know, we've been running it well for a few years now. It's kind of become the staple of our offense. It's really, if you want to talk about identity, it's kind of who we are. It sounds like that would be a touchdown, in my opinion. <laughs> for sure, four yards, hopefully, in that scenario. There you go. <laughs> All right, uh, gentlemen, let's let's shift to York. We're coming off a tough loss last year. I'm sure, Matty, it's, uh, you know, you can remember that fondly, um, or maybe not so fondly. You know, <laughs> we lost by two points in their, in their barn. They're coming to town here. What's one thing you want to see, uh, Frey, from your big boys up front this week? What are you going to be preaching in practice uh, as we move along here? Yeah, I mean, you know, you want to know what your opponent is doing and you want to know about their personnel and all that stuff. Um, I mean, York does a lot of things that are unique to York. Um, they're, you know, you look at the scores of the games that they've had and you think, hey, it's a 0-4, 0-5 team, whatever they are, they must not be that good, but... I mean, they haven't given up 400 yards per game yet. You know, they got a really good defense. Number seven in the backfield, he's fantastic. Number eight, defensive end, he's excellent. I mean, they're starting on any CIS team that they play for. Um, so it's good to know the. But that'd be uh, U Sport, Matt. Oh yeah, Thanks. right, U Sports. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, so, so it's good to know what the other team has. But I, I always tell our guys, it, it comes down to what we do, you know. And it's again with the cliches, if. If you run your game, you execute your game plan, and you play as you can, I think any coach in this league will say that you have a good chance to win. So, I mean, our job is simple week to week. We want to protect the passer, and we want to give the, the ball carrier space to run. So if, uh, if we do that, we've got a good shot. Uh, Anthony, over to you. You know, they had a big, uh, I believe it was kickoff return for a touchdown versus a McMaster. Um, you know, every team's have the ability to, to, to go to a house, uh, house call on any of those plays. Have you seen anything on film so far that you might be worried about or, or maybe even excited about from a special team standpoint? Um, I think overall they, they're similar to a Carlton in the sense that they got a lot of really good athletes who tend to make a lot of good plays on special teams. Um, I think we'll have a similar kind of game plan that we did with Carlton, just let's win with, 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 um, with systems. Uh, let's execute better. Um, and the other thing is I always, I always preach to the guys. I say, no, you know, no, unless you're a kicker, nobody comes to university to become a special teams player. 
Uh, and it's the one thing I put a huge emphasis on. I look at it like I'm a position coach, just position of special teams. And so it's helping those guys understand that, you know, the guy standing opposite him is also an offensive or defensive player, might not be on the field thinking this is the first thing he wants to do. You know, so let's go out there and make sure that, you know, we want it more than they want it. So let's execute our systems really well. We know they got good athletes, so they're going to make some plays. But if we keep flying around and really kind of play with some intensity like we did in Carlton, which is, you know, every week we've gotten faster and faster as a special teams unit, um, then we should be okay. Awesome. Well, thank you guys both for taking time to, to talk to me here and, and best of luck this week. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks. All right, folks, today on our Glory Days session, we're going to flip the script here. And this is head coach Chris Bertoya coming to you live from the Warrior Armchair Quarterback Podcast. Flipping the script, what I mean with that is that we're going to interview Luke Balch, our host of this program. Uh, Luke is a graduate of the University of Waterloo, uh, a former quarterback here, and, and I think it's a good time for us to get to know our host. So, Luke, welcome in a reversed role. Well, thanks for having me on, Coach. really appreciate it. So, tell us a little bit, obviously, uh, you've had asked these questions to other alum. Uh, tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, your history here at UW, what you graduated in, um, position you played, so on and so forth, the years you played football, obviously, uh, being a former coach, this is your first first year, we'll call it a hiatus. Um, just give us a little bit of background for the, for the folks out there. Yeah, so I played here from 2006 to 2011. Uh, I played quarterback, I dabbled in receiver uh, for a little bit. Played overseas for two years. Shout out to the Haslehome Hurricanes and the Wrocław Davies. Uh, for all those listening in Poland and Sweden, hi guys, miss you. Go Canes. Um, I then uh, joined the coaching staff in 2012, right as I graduated. And I coached from uh, 2012 all the way to 2018. I was uh, receivers coach, quarterbacks coach, offense coordinator. Uh, when Coach Pretoria came on, he decided uh, to make a great decision to keep me on staff as a running backs coach and uh, this is my first year transitioning from the sidelines into the podcast studio so that's me right now awesome thanks uh, appreciate that uh, that candid information uh, now luke uh, what are you up to these days from an employment standpoint uh, you're working here on the university at the university of waterloo um why don't you let uh, let our followers know uh, what you're doing here on campus and, and how you can help uh, you're helping with the athletic department in recruitment so on and so forth so for the Faculty of Science, I'm an academic advisor, and so what that means is that I do a little bit of uh, guidance counseling that some people are more familiar with, help students uh, get in the right courses, help them graduate, and when students hit some stumbling blocks, you know, we can help uh, figure out what to do with them, uh, refer to resources on campus, and just being there for the students as they, as they come into school and throughout graduation. And we do a little bit of recruiting as well in regards to figuring out what program is best for students. You know, Faculty of Science has 18 different programs and so you know, help students navigate what's best for them. Uh, and you know, with the football team, guys come in and sometimes don't know how to, how to do some of the things uh, electronically, whether it's dropping classes, adding classes. And so uh, definitely help out throughout the time there. I've been doing that for five years and, and really enjoy it. That's great, and Luke's been such a great asset to our football program, both on the field and uh, and within the science department. So we appreciate that, Luke. Uh, you know, Luke, uh, let's talk about the glory days. And, and you know, obviously last week you interviewed Sean Cowie, and, and you know, uh, I know this weekend our, our game coming up against York here in our in our pseudo homecoming game, the black and gold uh, game here. Um, Tell us uh, you got some buddies coming down and stuff. So why don't you give us one of your fondest memories of, of your time playing here at the University of Waterloo? 
That's a great question, Bert. Um, first of all, it's going to be my, my first ever uh, homecoming slash reunion game where I'm, I'm not on the sidelines or playing or coaching, so I'm looking forward to rallying some of the fellas down and, and having a good time. Uh, lots of great memories from when I was playing. Uh, one that sticks out was uh, my first ever game playing uh, OUA football. It was my second year. We were playing in Windsor, under the lights, four, five, six, probably 7,000 people there. Crowd was going wild. We were down four with two minutes left, got the ball, start driving down the field, and uh, we hit a third and one at about the eight-yard line. Coach calls heavy package. I said, okay. Bring in the D lineman to put him at tight end. Everybody thinks run. We go play action, throw it to the D lineman over the top. On third down, he makes a catch in the back of the end zone, tiptoes in uh, for the win. And you know what? That was an amazing start to, to my career and, and something I'll never forget. And who was the D lineman? Uh, Adam Kenya, actually, who is now the strength coach at the University of uh, Guelph, um, oddly enough. But uh, he made a great grab. And the funny story afterwards was that he was trying to spray some stick on his hands on the sidelines that we heard about. And he was all nervous about making the catch. But uh, I had trusted him and put it up there, and he made the grab. Uh, you know, and the, the bus ride home from Windsor was, uh, was a good time. I bet, I bet. I come in full circle with with Adam Kenya. Is uh, well, I coached Adam out at Saint FX before he, he transferred over here to Waterloo. So um, everything comes full circle. It was it was good to see him a few weeks ago. Um, you know, Luke. Uh, as you kind of move forward, what's what's uh, you know what's the next few years look like for you? Obviously, your family man with it with a young son Carter at home. Um, is there any possibility uh, you're going to be rejoining the staff in in the near future? Oh, putting me on the hot seat here, Coach. Uh, yeah, we're just kind of assessing how things go. I mean, I, I've enjoyed taking a step back and, and actually you know, being a fan for the, for the first time and, and watching the games and a little bit weird and anxious when I watch, but, you know, it has been fun. Um, you know, but also we miss that coaching, miss the adrenaline pumping through the veins on the sidelines and making big calls and, and, and celebrating with the guys. And so definitely something that we're going gonna, gonna to talk to my family about and see if it's uh, I can get back into it, whether it's at the, the university level or, or lower levels. It's something I miss and, and passionate about for sure. Uh, you know, obviously, being a, a former member of our staff, uh, you understand, um, you know, my philosophy in recruiting and, and engaging and, and um, you know, I don't know if you can put a little uh, uh, a little line in here for, uh, you know, just to the, you know, supporters and alumni out there that may be listening on this podcast um, that that still are a little tentative about getting re-engaged and re-involved um, maybe give a little uh, you know what you've seen happen here over the last four or five years in in regards to the culture change in our football program but also just the culture change in our athletic department and facility upgrades and obviously our beautiful new field house um, you know I guess give us a little plug here from your your scenario being you know pretty close to all of the things that have happened over the last four or five years um, just you know to encourage people to uh, to get re-engaged yeah well I would start by saying you know it's fun to to be a part of it again you know from you know at what some point you, you might have or you had to have played here to be an alumni uh, just get back into it and, and start to realize and get the memories going and talking with with all the other teammates you played with and you know, we've really started to create a family atmosphere here, and that's not just within the locker room, but the, the extended family of the, the Waterloo Warrior football program. You know, the mantra of once a warrior, always a warrior, 
you know, it is fun to come around and say hi to all the guys and, and meet the players and, and be involved. Um, check out the games and, and listen to this podcast. And, and you know, whether it's it's a financial commitment or just a time commitment of of showing face and, and filling the stands, it's everything goes a long way. I know the players appreciate. Uh, when alumni come around and say hi to them and, and helps them realize how important their time here is as well. And so I encourage anybody who, who did play here or extended family from there uh, just to come out to the games, reach out to Coach Pretoria. Really created a, a great atmosphere here to, to have some fun, be a family, uh, and, and obviously start to win some football games and, and some playoff games and, and hopefully some championships down the road. Uh, and you want to be a part of that now, and, and it's exciting. It definitely is exciting, and then obviously appreciate the kind words. Um, you know, uh, you know. In closing, here, uh, folks, uh, we got two home games remaining um, this weekend, Saturday, September twenty eighth, one p.m. kickoff here at Warrior Field. We host the uh, York Lions. Uh, you can purchase your tickets. Uh, um, you can go to Water Warrior Athletics. Um, but, uh, or you can just walk up to the gate. I, I think it's going to be about 26 degrees. The, the wind's going to come from the northeast at about 12 kilometers an hour. It's going to be a beautiful day to come and support your Warriors. And if you can't make it this Saturday, our next home game and our final home game of the regular season is the Battle of Waterloo. And, and uh, save that date on Thursday, October 10th, 7 p.m. kickoff. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll have a little bit of a football alumni reunion. So thanks for listening, and uh, we look forward to the next episode. Thanks for joining us on this week's episode of Waterloo Warriors Armchair Quarterback. I'm your host, Lukey Boy Balch. Look forward to seeing you guys next week uh, after a big Waterloo Warriors victory. Remember, this week is Alumni Black and Gold Day. Links for the tickets will be in the podcast episode. And you know what they say, when a warrior faces a lion, a warrior wins. <laughs>